You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Welcome to the Raptors post-game podcast for Game 2. The Raptors have beaten the Wizards 130-119. Uh, I'm your host for the podcast, Zarar. Joining me is the usual host for all the podcasts. It's William Lou. Hey, man. Hey, man. We change it up. We change it up. It's more fresh this way. Yeah. Hey, hey. Speaking of um, fresh, what point in this game um, through quarters 1-4 to four, did you come the closest to shitting your pants? Um, you know what? It was right before uh, DJ Mouse hit that three because the Raptors had been – they came out of the second half kind of flat, and then it was just like, all right, they're going to turn it on. They're going to turn it on. And they they had like a little bitty – like mini spurts, but the Wizards just kept coming. John Wall just kept scoring, and, you know, it was – I think the lead was down to seven points. When, five, um, five. Five at one point. Five points. Yeah. Five points, yeah. Uh, and – you know, it was a broken possession. CJ Miles was just standing there with John Wall right on him, and CJ Miles pulls that three. Somehow yeah. he makes that three, and DeLon Wright gets a block, and all of a sudden the Raptors come back. Yeah. And they take this game assertively. What about you? Uh, I, I think that was a- around the time, but I think it was the end of the third when the Wizards kind of crept in to within 10, and mm. it, it momentum was squarely on their side, and it looked like they were going to kind of complete the comeback or come pretty close to it. But the Raptors, you know, they had they 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 bended, but they they didn't break kind of. Uh, and C.J. Miles is a good good example because uh, you know he's our version of um, uh, you know uh, Ty Lawson. Oh my God, <laughs> Ty Lawson came back from China a different man. He found himself in China. This is a. Uh... I can't believe we only have 14 points. It felt like he scored whatever he wanted to. And also, I mean, man. Look, you know what's weird? Because this game was mostly stress-free. Like, in the first half, it was Raptors set, like, that franchise record for uh, for playoff scoring with 44 points in the first quarter. Um, we're dominating the Wizards half by halftime. And everything was stress-free. Everyone was getting their jokes off about the Wizards. And then, bam, the Wizards came right back. But, you know. 
Yeah, and I, I like the way Demar responded. I think. Oh, for for sure. I mean, the 37 points on on efficient shooting and some huge buckets there in the third fourth quarter when the Wizards were kind of mm-hmm. knocking on the door. Um, and l- l- let's 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 talk about Rosen for a bit. I mean, there's yeah. also the three for six from three, which were all like maybe one of the, one of those threes was like, ah, man, what are you doing? Don't take that. But generally speaking, man, efficient from three and spaced the floor well. And just really, his jump shot was on today as well. And I don't think he took too many bad shots at all after 23 attempts. Yeah, no, I mean, look, DeMar, I felt like early on in the game, he was just taking like a bunch of heat check jumpers. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it was hot. He just kept hitting jumpers. But like late in the game, that was most impressive to me because he was getting guarded very tightly. And the Raptors mm-hmm. very badly needed somebody to take control of the offense. Yeah. I think Serge Ibaka did a great job of, like, anchoring the defense or getting a couple of blocks and whatever. But someone needs to take charge of the offense, and that was DeMar. I mean, the toughest shots. I mean, you know, if he misses some of those, we're going to go back and we're going to kill them for uh, going ISO. But, yeah. I mean, damn, the man made all these shots, he, he, and he got to the free throw line uh, as well. Yeah, um, some some big fouls. Ten points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah, ten points in the fourth. My, my favorite uh, play for DeRozan today was when he came off that screen on the uh, I think it was the left baseline or left corner and hit that hit that uh, two uh, off Ubre Jr. I think he was stuck on the screen. That was a massive massive shot with the, with with a tight game, and I think he talked a little bit of trash after that too. But but this oh, yeah. but but these are the I mean when when you looked at him and Lowry in this game. Lowry had a poor shooting night, but 12 assists. I think the, the the first half lead that we built up was in large part by Lowry's just pushing the pushing the ball up the court and kind of beating people down and fighting them for right. uh, for shots. But in in a game of two halves, if Lowry takes the cake for the first one, DeRozan definitely does for the second. So uh, especially in the fourth, where we we rely, our offense was in a bit of a rut. Uh, the movement was down. Um, you know, guys like uh, Anunoby were missing maybe uh, some static jumpers um things weren't as crisp and you needed one person to kind of step up and take over and pull a john wall if you will and DeRozan did that in spades man so uh like if if you want to get into the three stars of the game man let's just let's just hand out the first star right now with DeRozan oh yeah it's it's not close really because look it's this is the sort of the nature of basketball like yeah you're gonna if you get up big like the other teams gonna make a run at some point and especially the other team has some pride and the wizards if nothing else they have a lot of pride they don't have a lot of shame, but they have a lot of pride. Uh, yeah. And John Wall really played like that tonight. I mean, look, John Wall played well enough to win this game. It, it was more like Bradley Beal had probably one of the worst games I've ever seen, and this is after seeing a lot of uh, really bad Raptors performances, but Bradley Beal had nine points on three of 11 shooting. Was um, and he fouled a bunch of three-point shooters. He was awful. Marcin Gortat was scoreless with three rebounds in 12 minutes. He was terrible. He's getting... Thoroughly outplayed by Kyle, uh, by um, Jonas Valanciunas, but this game was still tight because the Raptors just kept giving up dribble penetration and they couldn't stop guys like Ty Lawson and John Wall getting into the paint. And, and that's yeah. that is a bit of a concern going going forward because if if that if you know he obviously Beal and, uh, and Gortat are going to rebound from like this terrible performance, you know, if the Raptors can't stop that dribble penetration, then it is a bit of an issue, especially now that Ty Lawson apparently is a is a struggle for us. Yeah, and. I want to get your take on this, man, because I thought JV had an amazing game. 8 for 11, 19 points, mm-hmm. 14 rebounds. And I felt yep. uh, Casey, because he had success with Bebe in the um, uh, in game one, kind of almost followed a recipe to put him back in to game two 
when in reality there wasn't necessarily a need for Bebe as much and JV just was in a great groove getting, controlling the boards getting the rebounds even providing some shot blocks I think he had two shot blocks in, uh, in the 23 minutes he played I, I necessarily didn't see a reason to go to Bebe uh, and, and just drop <laughs> yeah. JV completely just because it worked in mm-hmm. game one doesn't mean like that's the exact same thing you should do in game two and it, could you do you have any rationale for that or no? Well I, I think Casey's always hesitant when the other team goes small. He doesn't want to go big in response with JV, especially when he's protecting a lead, which makes sense in in the in the perspective of you don't want to you know give up a couple threes or whatever. But I honestly I didn't agree with that decision today because um, you know like I think JV was really really killing the Wizards every time they went small. Like they just had no solution. He was killing the Wizards even when they went big, even when they the the biggest possible lineup they can play is. Markeith and Gortat in the front court, but even when those two played, JV would just catch the ball and just finish easily over them. It was kind of ridiculous yeah. um, how little rim protection the Wizards are offering. But when they go small, like JV should be able to go inside and score like whenever he wants to. And so, personally, you know, I think I probably would have gone back to JV because JV was playing so well. The whole starting unit as a whole was playing really well. But I, I understand what what Casey was doing was was trying to stay small. I mean, the Bebe thing, Bebe is has the kind of length to kind of close out or whatever, but ultimately, baby, I mean, he, he was a minus 19 today in five minutes and he had five fouls on that stretch. He somehow passed up an alley-oop pass for, uh, yeah. into a turnover, yeah. yeah. which, and then he got blocked at the rim by John Wall. It was a disaster sounding for baby. Like as good as he was in game one, he was terrible in game two, but um, I, I still think Dwayne found the right combination down the stretch though, because I like the fact that he closed with, um, Ibaka center made like made a lot of sense um, because you know you, you need a guy who can you know protect the basket. But um, with Miles out there and also with Delon Wright, I mean Delon Wright has just been a revelation in this entire series. And Delon was coming up with plays. I mean he blocked John Wall going straight to the basket. John Wall went, went past him, got the shoulders past Delon Wright, blocked him at the rim. It, it is it, it, you rarely see that. Uh, and you know on a night where the Raptors really needed someone to stop John Wall for even just like two or three possessions, that's where Delon Wright stepped up. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Ibaka there, man. Uh, a ridiculous plus 32 he was in 31 minutes. And yeah. what's what stuck out for me is that he played all areas of the court in defense. The shot blocking is just just a given at this point. The rebounding right. is always there. But the uh, the Wizards tried to get him in these switches where he was defending a guard up top. I think he had Wall mm-hmm. or Beal on him a couple times. And in every instance that I recall, he came out on top. Other than that lost jump ball, which was a bit weird. Right. Uh, I right. think his his defense on switches against smaller guards was one of the reasons that I think the Raptors came out with this spin because because he was guarding those guards when the game was you know between five and eight points kind of hanging in the in the balance and the Wizards had the momentum Ibaka was on Wall Wall tried to break him down Ibaka held his own and we got the ball back and we scored the other end I think I think those were key plays key defensive plays which which may not show up on the box score but but Ibaka I think had a lot to say there Yeah for sure I, especially. His defense, I mean, his defense against like, Bradley Beal on those switches was probably the most impressive. I don't know what it was with Bradley Beal today. Like, he was, uh, like I said earlier, he was unspeakably bad. But um, the fact that Ibaka can, like, move his feet, the fact that, you know, all this rest in the playoffs, he does look like a different, different person. He didn't get necessarily the same looks on offense like he did in game one. Like, he had, you know, 23 points on 8 of 11 shooting. But defensively, Ibaka did everything you wanted from him tonight. And this is kind of why the Raptors got him, right? Like, this is the sort of in-between piece where you know he can he can do something for you like defensively 
uh, and guard multiple positions. But at the same time, he can give you something on offense, give you a, a measure of floor stretch where, you know, the rest of the front court guys just don't give you. And on a night like this, I mean, yeah, the Raptors didn't have much trouble scoring, but on a lot of those DeRozan drives, you know, the Wizards can't help in the paint as much because Ibaka's pulling someone to the perimeter. So, I don't know, man. I just think it's, it's so, so well, there's a couple but, things we can worry about going forward. I mean, yeah. I think maybe I'm just a little bit, you know, too hesitant on that front. Like, I, I have to think that way, but... Before we go there, Will, though, at this point, do you feel okay. comfortable handing out that coveted second star to Ibaka? Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah, okay. I thought so. I mean, look, you needed Ibaka to take care of defense for you down the stretch, and he did that. So definitely, I was like... Okay, now that we we have the those points covered off, we can move on. Mm. Hey man, um, let's talk about John Wall a little bit. Um, uh, you know, t- to me, I don't think we have an answer for John Wall. We can try to put OG on him and slow him down a little bit, but the guy is just too quick with the ball. I, I think he might be the quickest guy in the NBA with the ball in his hand. I, I don't know. That might be a dumb statement, but I always felt that his with the ball in the hand, he he he's he's, he's up there. And um, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, the Raptors do not really have an answer for him. Uh, what the Wizards do like to do is what 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 we saw them do today is kind of separate the court in two and play almost like a two-on-two game on one side of the court, and um, mm-hmm. get a big involved and 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 get Wall into that you know, maybe 15 to 20 feet area for a jumper, which he's nailing these days, and that's very effective for them. The Raptors, I think, responded a little late to that. They they, uh, they finally sent help in the form of a double or, or a show later in the game, but generally the Wizards had a lot of success in that two-on-two situation. And and I think that's that's something we maybe don't have to concede, but we shouldn't expect to stop it too much. But when you look at the rest of the Wizards' role players, uh, other than uh, Ty Lawson, I think... Uh, you know, Scott again. You know, got off the bench, 27 minutes and, oh, man, and 20 Mike points. Scott. Like the guy is just killing it again from three, four for five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Uber Junior. Again, he he had a good third quarter there where where, where the Wizards kind of came back. Right. But overall, I felt the Wizards bench had a better game than game one. But they still, you know, you know, just like the Wizards thought the Raptors' uh, three-point shooting was a bit of an anomaly in game one. I felt the Wizards bench production in game two was something that they can't maybe sustain over the course of a long series. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Raptors were prepared for Ty Lawson to come into this game. And I thought Ty Lawson had a profound impact in just in terms of both him playing on the ball and off the ball. Defensively like Ty Lawson is gonna be an issue, but this is not the same Ty Lawson that we saw in twenty sixteen or at least it didn't look like it tonight where he's slimmer than before. <laughs> he was consistently, you know, getting by our our guys and he would get to the basket, and all of Mahimney's baskets are pretty much a result of Pilate collapsing the defense, and him and and you know him finding Mahimney and like you know Pilate uh, also hit the three from the outside, which you know he's been an okay shooter, mm-hmm. um, but still, I mean, he had a lot of open looks and he he made them, which is going to be an issue. The Raptors have to actually respect the shot, and mm-hmm. I think the Wizards they had their most success today going small, and a part of that is by necessity. Like Gortat is. It was just completely terrible, and Mahimni, you just can't play him that much anyway. And so they went small, and they had some success with it, but, you know, I think the Raptors have the type of pieces to, to adjust to teams playing small. Like, you know, it, it helps to have a variety of bigs that you can play in these scenarios. Like, it helps to have, um, you know, if the Wizards go soft, for example, the Raptors not only have a lot of bigs, they have a lot of guards, right? Like, you could play DeLon Wright uh, at three. You could play... Um, CJ Miles at four, especially if it's a guy like, you know, Mike Scott or 
Marquis Morris, who, you know, they're pretty much just going to shoot a jump shot. They're not really going to do too much else. Yeah. And so as long as you put someone roughly similar in size to contest, you're going to be okay. And the, the real issue with that is that if you space the floor, there's no help against John Wall, and he can kind of one-on-one break down a guy and get to the rim and get some calls, and he definitely got some calls today, 11 free throws, and he complained about it, and he got some free throws. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, the Raptors are kind of built to withstand some of that. It's just we'll see what happens when Bradley Beal and uh, Gortat are not completely awful, but uh, I don't know. I just think the Raptors are a better team, right? I, yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like to you, right? I think so. I think with, with I think with the the guarding their guards is a bit of an issue. Uh, I think we have to acknowledge that, and we have to get yeah, better sure. at that. I think game three is all about how do we because over the course of the first two games they've shown or we can't stop John Wall, and now we have Ty Lawson to deal with. Game three we can't have that pattern continue. I think Lawson definitely needs to be controlled a little, uh, and um, I, like yes, they're the better team, hundred percent. But there is mm-hmm. some very specific items for improvement for Game 3 uh, that the Raptors have to work on. And it has to do entirely with perimeter defense. Uh, are they are they over-committing themselves on defense a little bit, allowing for dribble penetration? Maybe. Should they be giving John Wall space for the jumper? Maybe. But he is hitting them, so I don't know what you can do there. I think the guy maybe you got to give space to is... Um, the former Shandong star, uh, but, but, but overall, I, I don't know. I, I think I think perimeter defense is something uh, they got to work on, and I don't think they're they're, they're conceding. I, I guess they are conceding dribble penetration in one-on-one situations too, uh, especially mm-hmm. the second half. Uh, you saw Delon Wright get broken down, OG got broken down, Lowry got broken down. So that they got to get better. Maybe that's fatigue. I think Lowry had to work a lot harder in this game guarding. Um, um, uh, Lawson and, and Wall than he had in game one so maybe that had a factor on his defense I don't know but but definitely the the main item for improvement going into game three is perimeter guard defense and what Casey does does he help sooner does he get the ball out of John Wall's hand does he help, send help sooner does he leave JV in there more to get shot blocking so that there's no more easy layups uh, there, there are things that Casey can do to, to handle that guard penetration uh, let's just see what it is but but it's definitely a, a known issue at this point yeah for sure but I look I also think I don't want Dwayne Casey to overreact to anything like this right because like the Raptors still have a, a big advantage. I think the depth is really, really starting to show in this game uh, because, uh, you know, Washington played basically the same lineup for, like, almost 18 straight minutes from, like, the third quarter. Like, I don't feel like John Wall even sat in the fourth quarter until, like, the game was over. And so, um, yeah, like, there's going to be some wear and tear. I don't know how many of those games you can consistently go hard for 40, 45 minutes. It just seems kind of implausible, especially since he just came back from injury. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think the Raptors should sell out too much in terms of what they did defensively because I also think that this is also a case where the Wizards kind of made some shots. Like, and they got some calls, too. Like, the fact that the Wizards, yeah. you know, they shot yeah. 28 free throws, like, that's a big bump from the first game. And, look, the Raptors shot a lot of free throws, too, but it was pretty clear that the Wizards are playing pretty much bad defense throughout most of the game. But, um, you know, like, I, I just don't know how many more times you have Ty Lawson shooting four or five or Mike Scott. I mean, Mike Scott hasn't missed a shot this whole series. He's he's shooting 14 of 20 from the field, and they're mostly jumpers. It, it's it's been pretty crazy, but um, yeah, I, I don't think we, the Raptors have to overreact too much to the dribble penetration thing because the Raptors have. I just don't want Casey to fall in that pattern where he starts like going as small as possible to 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 match the opponent because while that works sometimes, the Raptors still have a big advantage. And like JV, 
mean, a big part of the Raptors, um, 44 points in the first quarter, and also just the fact that they had 130 points in the night, was because JV, they gave the ball to JV in the middle of the floor, and he yeah. just scored at will. Yeah. And, you know, like they, can, they can't forget about that. I'm not saying we should play JV all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But they, Casey, I hope he doesn't forget about that part because yeah. – and, and you know, the, the, you know as, as much as the three is is important in the NBA, I think you you, you got to dominate the paint. And the Raptors again, fifty forty four points in the paint advantage, mm-hmm. uh, and and more importantly, even the rebounding once again just solid, man. Forty eight thirty four. That's a plus fourteen in a playoff game. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, plus yeah. five on the on the offensive glass, nine four. So th- this stat right here is all courtesy of Ibaka and JV. Um, and I don't know what the fourth quarter rebounds look like necessarily, but 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 just controlling the boards and not giving the Wizards already efficient offense, shooting 49% second chances, you know, has a lot to do with it. And 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 our bigs, as much as we give credit to our to DeRozan and Lowry, uh, you know, mm-hmm. JV and Ibaka have been massive in terms of controlling the glass. And once you control the glass, you know, it's it, you you can you can argue control the game. Yeah, for sure. And look, the Raptors they didn't even shoot that well from three, like 13 of 35 is a very average game for the Raptors in three, but they still scored 130 points. And the reason for that is because, well, one, the Wizards were playing really choppy defense, but the Raptors just had such an advantage on the inside. They, they kept getting fouled around the rim because the Wizards were too small. Like they, they had no choice but to go small, but then when you go small, you have no rim protection and you're giving up a lot of free throws because you can't rebound, you can't you know, defend at the rim. And you know, the Raptors, I, I just think they're the better team. That's, that's all. I think the Raptors can play different styles, and they've shown it, but um, the, um, it's good. The, the flagrant foul on Ibaka, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the 90s NBA. I love the physical style, but that was a dangerous foul, man, because yeah. that was arms straight on his chest while he's in the air. That yeah. to, to me, that's a, a higher level of flagrant than what they gave, honestly, because that could have caused some serious injury yeah, if, if, he, if he had lost his balance. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's worse than the one that where Mike Scott like shoulder tackled Kyle Lowry in game one. The other has got to re- retaliate at some point, but um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 it's and your point, and, and your point about the Wizards uh, getting some calls, I think that has to do a little bit with John Wall's comments between games one and two. Uh, there is one particular call. I think Puddle got called for a um, uh, for oh, a foul. Baby, baby got was it was it baby baby three. yeah. Yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. It, it was right in in, in the in, in the circle, and um, you know, I think Jack Armstrong made a point to call that out as well. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't want to play conspiracy theories or anything. It's just I think sometimes when the game is cl- so clearly swinging for one team, you know, like calls don't necessarily get generously called in that yeah. team's favor for a while. And I don't know. It felt and, like for but, a solid. But, but, stretch between the second and third quarter there were just not a lot of foul calls going for the Raptors and a lot of them were going favorable for the Wizards but and, I don't know, the Raptors just had a response and, and and it had an impact in the game too because in the second quarter the Raptors got into the penalty very early yeah and, oh, and, and the Wizards got a lot of freebies there in that last four or five minutes of the uh, of the second quarter when they, where they managed to kind of kind of get the game a little closer and and, th- and that really had to do with the calls earlier in the quarter, which were kind of non-calls, and and it, and it almost had an impact on the game. Yeah, for sure. But I think the Raptors just had a response. I, I like the way that they played with pace. Like that's where I think Kyle Lowry's like uh, effect on this game is a little bit understated. I mean, you know, you could look at the fact that he only had 13 points, and you know, and he only made one three. It's a bit concerning that Lowry hasn't got the three ball working yet in the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't want to you know, refer to previous year's trends, but I mean, it, it you know, it, it has that sort of issue has played out in the past. But 
the way Lowry has set the pace for the Raptors, like <laughs> the Raptors are the best when they play fast. Yeah. And Washington tries to play fast a little bit too. I think they like to play fast because of John Wall, but John Wall is really the only guy in the Wizards that can play fast. The rest of them yeah. don't really do that well. And the Raptors, if they want to play an open pace game, the Raptors are going to crush them. And that's what the Raptors, even though the Wizards got a couple of those free throws, Raptors were still running, even off of, you know, made free throw, running, getting a good open shot. And I don't know, the Wizards just looked really, really out of out of shape and, you know, disheveled in the first half. They responded, which is nice of them. And honestly, they really could have delivered a psychological blow if they yeah, actually just completed that comeback, but the Raptors, you know, that was very encouraging to see right. DeMar, to see Kyle, and see a surge step up. So, so tough question time. Will, we got we got one star to give away, and we, we got some strong candidates here, man. Uh, we mm. got JV with 19 points and uh, 14 rebounds. Uh, you yeah. got DeLon Wright with some, some big shots again, 11 points uh, on uh, 3 of 9 shooting. And and you also have C.J. Miles as a contender, 18 points on 5 of 7 mm-hmm. shooting, 4 for 6 from 3, including that 3 you mentioned, which got the lead from 5 to 8, which I think was the – I think it happened on the 5-minute mark, I want to say, around, around that time, and, and it gave us a, a massive, massive – uh, you know, breathing room there, and 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 you said it followed up with the Delon right block, and then two more, and then it came to ten, and then never, and that was the that was it for the Wizards really, but but uh, C.J. Miles with that massive three, so so third star. Man, this is tough. I feel bad because like, Jamie should really get the third star. You mm-hmm. should really really get it. But the fact that C.J. hit that shot, and yeah. the moment that he hit the shot, you got to give it to C.J. in that moment. That's all. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to see. It's not honestly. JV any other night, nineteen points, fourteen rebounds in twenty-three minutes. Is okay, so insane. let me. He also plus let, twenty-seven. Let me let me ask you a follow-up question on that one. Okay, so if CJ Miles had eighteen points, so if JV yeah. had the game he had exactly, and CJ yeah. Miles had only three points in the game, but those three points was that shot, would you still give it to CJ Miles? Honestly, it it was a very important. Hmm. Will's a, Will, Will's a fan of small sample sizes, apparently. Uh, okay, let's just move on because because yeah, I mean... this is a post game podcast and we got to wrap it up pretty soon. Uh, and, right. uh, and now it's time for the Gerald Henderson Award, and I think um, the reigning champ in there is is Mike Scott, but there's some strong contention from uh, the former Shandong star. I just oh, like saying man. Shandong. <laughs> yeah, Shandong is. Uh... It's, yeah, it's, it's a nice place, I guess. I don't know. It's You've not one of China's top cities, I would say, which is You've strange. Been there? No, I haven't. Oh, no? No. Hmm. No. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I got to ask Ty Lawson, like, what's going on in, Ta- when in Shandong these days. Is that, is, is I that what it is? He came back from China. Like, he's probably still jet lagged, right? It's only been like three, four days. It's a, like a 12 hour change. You, you, you think he took economy? No, but I mean, still, it's it's just the world is very big, right? I mean, no, no matter what kind of plane he took, it, it takes a long time to come here. There's a lot of time changing, jet lag. I, I don't. Ty Lawson, yeah, I think I think Ty Lawson gets it over. Mike hey, Scott. I think hey. Mike Scott is. Yeah. So, congratulations to Ty Lawson for for getting the award. Hey, do you think um, do people still like do or do planes like hop over the globe when they have to cross a different part of the world, or is that or is that just in my head that happens, or is that, Wait, is that, does what? that really happen? Like, do you, do you go like from across the North Pole, like if you want yeah, to go? Yeah, they, the, they do, they do, they do. They do, they do. Yeah. Really? So, so like, what two cities do you have to travel for you to go over the North Pole? Any ideas? Any guesses? I've uh, I've taken that Beijing I've taken both the Beijing flight to Toronto and also the uh, Shanghai flight to Toronto, and I think both of them yeah you cross over to the north like you can see like on the in-flight map yeah that they're like going over the North Pole 
and oh, nice. like you're going over like Russia and then you're coming like across like the north of um, Canada basically. Yeah. Take that from Earthers. Exactly. Exactly, Kyrie. <laughs> hey, um, which of the wizards is the most likeliest to be a flat earther? Oh man, this is it's tough because I feel like the whole team is like very jaded. <laughs> um, Mike Scott. Mike Scott has like a, I don't know, I don't know what Mike Scott believes in, but he he has like sixteen different emojis tattooed on his body. Like mm-hmm. the real chance he could uh, he could believe Earth to flat. I gotta go with Jan Mahimi. Okay, surprise one. Yeah, okay, yeah. the Frenchman. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think the, the European education, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't Mahimi. explain it beyond that. Yeah, Jan Mahimi, the flat earther. Jeez. Let's start the rumor right now. Remember when Jan Mahimi scored 25 points in, in that game six of the Wizards or the, the Pacers series? No. I do. <laughs> I There's did. a lot of weird former Pacers in this series, like Ty yeah. Lawson, Mahimi, CJ Miles. Yeah. They have to bench. Yeah. No Solomon Hill, though. Uh, all right, well, I think uh, it's time to wrap it up. We're like 25, 26 minutes in. Uh, listener, okay. we'll be back after Game 3, which is on Friday night uh, in Washington. Uh, the Raptors will look to go up 3 nothing in the series. Uh, but until then, enjoy the 2 nothing series lead, and we'll see you Friday. Bye. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.